Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Thursday bonus. I told y'all it was coming. Uh, Andy, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm surviving cool. the coronavirus. Coronavirus. Uh, okay, ready to get some, get some emails? Can I yell at this time? Yes. Oh, Steve. I like that. That was good. <laughs> I'm going to start with Leroy Furious. Okay, sounds great. Haven't heard from him in a while. Yo, uh, okay. Haven't heard from this guy in a while. Leroy Furious. He put together, and I remember we asked for this a ways back. Um, and I, I don't know why. I'm just now getting this. But he put together his, as a black man, Leroy Furious white song list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and you're going to be able to tell me because I don't think I've heard any of these motherfuckers. Uh, song number one, Chandelier, acoustic version by Sia. Um, I don't know that one. Okay. Number two, I'm Just a Kid by Simple Plan. Yeah, I know that one. Do you? I, I don't know the words, but I, I, I've heard the song before. Is it a good song? It's all right. All right. Number three, Intro, The Unknown by Brendan Urie. No, I don't know that one. All right. Number four, Lost in the Woods by Jonathan Groff. Dude, Leroy Furious is way wider than I am at this point. Oof, nigga. I was going to ask you, dude, if you knew these songs, uh, are these anything that black people would listen to? I, I really, he, he got me. I, I have no idea on most of these. All right, you might know this one because of the artist. Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I know that song. Good song? Yeah. I mean, if you like Led Zeppelin, if you like that rock song. I like rock. So, yeah. All right. I like it. Uh, and then this last one is a little gay. Uh, 
Our Song by Taylor Swift. You know, honestly, and people are going to think I'm joking, I don't really know any Taylor Swift songs. Uh, I know one, and I don't know the name of it. <clears throat> but um, it, it, I'm not a pop guy like that. And then he writes, I'm from the suburbs, so this list could have been way longer. He says, Cowabunga, stay gnarly, bro. Sincerely, Leroy Furious. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a Leroy, we got Yeah, go ahead. Leroy, we, we got to have a talk, bro. Uh, I got to check on you. Um, I'm worried about you. Uh, I need to make sure that uh, ain't nobody putting nothing in your tea. I might have to take a picture of you with a flashbulb. Yeah, I'm more of a uh, classic rock guy with, uh, uh, with you know, like more in some 80s because I grew up in the 80s and then uh, some more like soul music. I, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, this, you know, and, and I've never said this before, and I probably should say this. Um, you give uh, rap music, today's rap music, a hard time with a lot of the artists, but uh, I think all music is not really great right now. There, there's some great, there is some great musicians out there and some great music, but uh, the, 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 our charts or what we look to as far as commercial music, I don't think is very good. Period. Right. All around the board. Yeah, I think I'm getting to that place now where I just truly um, stick with the artists that I know and that I've grown up with, which is to say a lot of them are retiring or have retired. Uh, I don't know that I'm on the hunt for new music. It's, you know, honestly, though, it's part of getting older. We're just, we don't, we're not... and this is going to sound very new agey, I guess, but we're not vibing, vibing on the same frequency as the youth. Uh, we, right. We, we set up on a different frequency. That's all it is. Uh, and they hear it differently than us. And that's why I'm, I'm not going to knock it. But there are periods in time when you go back and you look at music over a period of a few years and you can see that music didn't hold up to legendary music status that you thought was legendary while you're listening to it. And you'll you'll find out later it, it really wasn't. So, uh, and I hate to say I I'm not trying to say the music today isn't good. I'm just saying very few of those songs are going to hold up in the long term. <clears throat> you know, once upon a time ago, I gave a shit about watching award shows because uh, I I kind of felt like I had an a, an emotional interest an investment. And now when I just even hear the lineup, Travis Scott, Taylor Swift. Fucking someone else you don't really know. Bruno Mars. I don't give a fuck about none of them niggas. Bruno Mars is good. Uh, He's talented. No, 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 no. He's talented. You can clearly tell he's talented. I I just, you know, like you said, it's a different frequency. It ain't moving me. Yeah, it is a different frequency. And technology has a lot to do with it. We're not on that same you know, there's innovations that we're missing on to, to a young group of people may be exceptional. And to us, it just sounds like noise because we're just not there. It's it's, it's that simple. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat them up. I'm just going to tell there's a certain way to play things. There's a certain way to make things come together. We're always experimenting and whatever you're doing right now will lead to the next great thing. I just don't think we're on the great thing right now. Okay. But you say that having said, that, you know, it's noise to us. Right now it's noise to us. But like in all generations, 
you know, there's, there's this noise that happens and then the noise gets put with something else. And then it turns into the next thing that, that, that resonates, um, culture that resonates all cult, most cult, cultures and age groups where they can kind of come together and go, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can appreciate Maybe you don't, maybe it's not your first choice, but you can appreciate it. You actually hear what's in it. Uh, and I think that we've gone at my age because I'm 50, I'm gonna be 55 this year. I've gone through enough of these cycles where I, I actually went backwards because I listened to the stuff that I listened to in the eighties and went, you know what? That doesn't, it doesn't hold up. There's some good songs in there, but there isn't great albums. There's not great artistry where like, I I felt like that's a band that I want to listen to and continue to listen to over and over and over where when I moved backwards, I did find some. And I, I, I think you, you start just eliminating what you thought was good. There, and it, a lot of things come with great moments. I mean, um, I don't know. What was the first, when you, when you were fucking for the first time, did you hear, was there a song in the background? No, I just had a fat bitch chewing. <laughs> well, the first time. I was, I was a kid fucking in a basement. And yeah, I was in the same room with a fat motherfucker eating. Well, you know, well, that maybe that's why food sounds so good to you now. <laughs> it might be. But you but usually we associate things with great moments in our life that make things even better. But you realize that there's certain things that make something long-term classic that you I don't think is I think it's I I I think we're still developing something new. That's what I'm going to say. All right. That's how I'm going to leave. All right. All right. Uh this next one is from a woman. Latanya feedback the Pussy Podcast. The Pussy Podcast was quite interesting. I agree. If you get a woman back to your room, more than half the battle is won, unless you can fuck it up at that point. And then she puts in caps. Unless you're dealing with a female whose game is to tease the fuck out of you and walk away. I know a female that landed a ball player that was just looking to hit, but because she went to his room and held out, but still did enough to make him want her, she slept with him the next when she slept next to this man butt naked every night and wouldn't give him none for months because she's not that kind of girl. She made him believe she was something special, although she had already had two kids by two different men. Jesus. Some men are easily manipulated behind some pussy. Women try to assess the nigga and play whatever game, whatever game necessary to ultimately fulfill that Whatever her goal is, women are way more manipulative than men. And frankly, we are better at it because we are deeper thinkers. Well, Tanya, let me stop you right there. Uh, no, you're not deeper thinkers. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. Um, matter of fact, most of y'all, not, I'm not saying all of y'all, but most of y'all have the brain capacity of uh, Dudley from uh, different strokes. Um, no, listen, at the end of the day, we want to fuck you. So sometimes to be smart enough to get to pussy, we got to play stupid. So it's not that you're outthinking us. We're actually outthinking you because we know what it takes to try to get some. So if it takes us playing stupid to let you think you're leading charge, that's what we do. That's what we do. I mean, y'all have never been, I mean, you know, some of y'all are, but come on, man. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all have the mind capacity of a toddler. See, I, 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 I'm going to disagree with you. I, I think women are smarter than us. Oh, no. You didn't just do the 1986 stand-up comedy pander to women No, no, no. I, I, routine, I, I, did you? I, I think that they're smarter than us in, in 
I think. Well, when you, she said manipulate. Well, you're proving them right now with all that hesitation. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about how I want to say this because everybody has. People are smart in different ways. I think women are better at manipulating than men are. First of all, men cheat, right? You hear men cheat? Yes. Who do men cheat with? I hope women. So why don't why isn't it that men and women cheat? Why is it that men cheat? Because it's in our DNA. We're, we're Neanderthals. We, we it, like- it's proven that women cheat more than men. Absolutely. So why do we still think that we're the cheaters? Because we've been manipulated into thinking that. Women have a way of making uh, a, a, manip- a manipulation that we have only started to think of. Do, I mean, so some Jedi mind trick shit. Yeah. Because we, because we are singularly focused. I mean, what do men want? Seriously. What, why do men want money? To get pussy. So the end game is pussy. Yeah. If, if you already know what the end game is, if you know what the other person's playing for, don't you think that that person has an advantage to manipulate that person because they know what they want? You can only be you can only be manipulated if you allow yourself to be manipulated. That is, and if the end game, and if the end game is that, well, then yeah, manipulate us. You have to be stupid. You have to be smart enough to play stupid. Yeah, I, I just think that they're better. Now, what, what man doesn't know? What man doesn't know that he's being manipulated? I, and, and I get what your point is. Yeah, we'll do whatever. We'll play dumb. We'll, we'll stay quiet. We'll do whatever uh, so that we can get what we want. And that in and of itself is its own genius. Yes, it is. Because it takes discipline. <sighs> no, you, 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 you don't want you, you to see yourself as a dummy. No. You don't want to think you're stupid. No, and I get what you're saying about the discipline. It takes d- discipline to play possum. Because that's what you're doing. Right. Yes. But... You, but when what she just said, when you could see somebody who's someone has a certain place in life, they've accomplished certain goals in life, they got a certain area in life, and all someone has to do is not give you the one thing that you want for a certain amount of time, and you give in and give them everything that they want so that you can have it. That's that's Jedi mind trick, top notch Darth Vader shit right there. Listen, the real the real genius to me would be in a woman feeling like she's manipulated you, but at the end of the day, she truly gets what she wants out of the deal, which, you know, ultimately we want pussy, but they want love. They want a relationship. So I'm not saying all because I could no exactly because I can see some going. We ain't all like that. Some of us just want random straight dick. You fucking who is. No, I'm t- I love you. I love you. I'm joking. Um, I think that they want everything. I think that they want everything. That's the problem. We are easier, and the reason I think we're simpler minded in that is because we know what we want. It's specific. They want everything. They want to be loved. They want money. They want uh, attention. They want. I had a girl that would call me so many times a day just because she needed attention. I was working so we could have money because she wanted also things at home, but. I needed to stop making that money to give her a certain amount of attention throughout the day too. They, they want it all. And I, I think that that's to their own detriment. I think they're smart, but I think that they ultimately crush themselves because they're too smart for their own good. 
Look, it's like that Eddie Murphy joke in Raw when he goes, you know, as a man, we'll wait. We'll wait. <clears throat> and finally, when we get it, it's, you know, hey, I'm yours. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> fuck you and your steak ass pussy. Get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and listen, I'm not saying that within the process, you can't leave a mark. You can't make a motherfucker shift his thoughts or his feelings or his agenda. But, you know, and even that, yes, that's that's if, if that's a certain kind of manipulation. But, you know, if you're that good, be it sexually, be it mentally, emotionally, to where you can make him switch up, well, then that's a testament to your skill set and vice versa. Because maybe all we want is is sex. But then somewhere in there, you just go, wow, this, this, is, this is more than I bargained for. No, but that is ultimately all we want. And we want... We want sex to be exciting. And, and the proof is, okay, let, let, let's, let's take it up to a different spot here. Uh, take Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, you're Jay-Z. You have money. You accomplished. You're successful. You uh, meet Beyonce. You start a relationship, a whirlwind relationship. Now, not only do you have a woman that is beautiful, but unequal in a way that she can, she makes money. You don't have to come out of pocket for everything. I mean, you guys are equal in that aspect. You got someone that's like your peer, someone that you can run with, and it and it's great. Oh, that sounds delicious. I should try that. <laughs> and you have that going. She's beautiful. You have interesting lights where you guys can meet up. You guys can get on flights, planes. You can do whatever you want to do, and you can be together. And this dude, and I'm not trying to. This, I'm not ruining Jay Z. This is known, so I'm not <clears> saying anything <throat> bad here. And you still, the need for something new is that important to us. Yeah. Yeah. So we are so singularly focused. She had everything that she needed. Yeah, but again, we don't, we don't equate one thing to another. You know, what we, what we do in terms of <clears throat> something new is something new for a moment. And once the moment is passed, back to what feels right, yeah, back that, to what's comfortable. That's why I mean, I think in some way, in a lot of ways, women are smarter because they know we are so focused on one thing that once we get it, it's still not enough. Our our, our urges, our primal urges, are stronger than our intelligence. I think women's intelligence are stronger than their primal urges. Well, if they were smart enough to figure that out, they wouldn't get upset when the dick goes to someone else. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. So, trying. like you said, they want it all. They want it all. They want to. They want to be able to not. Do uh, they want to be able to get upset about it, even though you know what the deal is? Yeah, because they're supposed to be enough for you. If they're, if you are, if you are enough for them, then you should be. They should be enough for you. <clears throat> but she is enough for you. But. In all the other ways, and in that way too, meaning sexually. But that again, that having to be the 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 the, the, the lion and go out into the wild and slay some shit. That's what that is for that moment. Once that moment is over, I'm back to you, bitch. How often can that get pulled off? I, I, it's great if you have a relationship that that works every day with. Not every, not most people don't have that relationship. You talking about with their partner? Yeah, that's why you don't. Have, that's why you don't discuss that. <laughs> you don't. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> you see this door over here? Yeah, don't worry about what's behind that door. That's there you go. the door. We keep that door locked. If you ever come in and you see that door is open, what I want you to do is knock on the door. Let me know. I'm going to come out. I'm going to relock the door, and we're not going to talk about it. Mind your business. That's the moral of the story. Mind your business. What's next? I'm going to read another one, and then you want to take a stab at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is from uh, Frank C. Graham the fourth. Jesus. Motherfucker sound like you got money. Anytime you got a numeral on your name, you come with money. Um, he goes, Mick. I guess he's doing my Stallone. Uh, Aries, what's good, brother? Hope everything is good with you and the fam during all this Rona bullshit. It's crazy, man. But for real, we appreciate every, everything you do and Andy as well. Uh, had a smoke session with some friends a while ago and we watched Hollywood Look, I'm Smiling. It was their first time seeing you at all. They loved you so much. We watched Comedy Blueprint right after. You're killing it, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And Andy, keep holding it down. You're doing great, and you make it happen as well, man. So always keep that in mind when some may have doubt in you. That's how you know you're making it. Salute to the snack sniffers, Frankie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That could be a T-shirt. I like that. The Snatch Sniffers. Yeah, that yeah, should be a T-shirt right there. Snatch Sniffers. Uh, thank you, Frank. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. I got I got a nice comment. There we go. Nice way to See, go. See, there you go, Krauts. Yeah, there I go. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but yeah. Yeah, so you got people pulling for you, man. They know. All right. Did you want to take a stab at reading this? Yeah, and reading yours. Yeah, I got, I, I got this one. And it's from someone that I really like who sends me a bunch of stuff. Um, but him or her? It's a him, and we get in exchanges quite a bit. We used to. We we hadn't been getting in so many. And he sent me this, and, I, I, and you know, when I first read it, I had like a little uh, charge of like, "What do you? You've heard the podcast before?" But then I also have to realize that not everybody's listened to the podcast is a bunch of episodes. Maybe they're just tuning in for the first time. So right. uh, this is from Keith, Keith Luce, uh, someone who regular and does send me emails said, I, I have to listen. Is that more than one page? Yeah, it's, it's, is it's that big, more than one it's page? Big type. I, I'm, I'm blind. It's big type. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Keith, uh, let's see. I have to listen again. You definitely didn't get the message out. You actually sounded as if you regressed in your message. I can't tell if you are just being provocative or not. By the way, again, please remember the intention of Europeans who changed their identity to white that came to America was conquest and exploitation. It was to create a melting pot. Oh, it wasn't to create a melting pot. As you like to say, schoolhouse rock, it was to create a slaughterhouse. I know the truth goes against the warm fuzziness of the white myth of innocence. You so firmly uh, caress, but so what? Dealing with white people who will not acknowledge the truth and have historically used power plus violence of all kinds to manifestations, kidnapping, slavery, murder, lynching, uh, redlining, and housing, uh, rape, uh, poison water, flint, hazardous stumps in black neighborhoods, clandestine scientific tests, Tuskegee, international poor education, intentionally poor food choices, etc., etc. At this, all this has left those who are called black by those who think of themselves as white in a weakened state of existence physically, mentally, spiritually, and economically. When weakened in all these ways, anything negative comes along. Sorry. Including a pandemic, 
will affect the group disproportionately. Black people have survived in not less than best situations while having danced around uh, the fragile, self-imposed ignorance and violent tendencies of those who call themselves white. Uh, living with those who are not only comfortable with black people dying and willing to create solutions where black people dying is more likely to occur and claim innocence from the knowledge of such can be detrimental to the black people's health. We just don't have diabetes because we are black. We suffer worse from diabetes because we suffer worse from whites. So that was, uh, that, that was, that's, that's some of, you know, we, we have, we, we've gone at each other on, on certain things like this, but, uh, and I, and I, I wasn't <coughs> too sure what he was talking about. And then I, went back and listened to the episode and I believe it was about, I was talking about the, dis, it's, it's not just, I kept saying it was disproportionate on money in a lot of ways, not just race. And I, right. get, and I get his point and I understood his point, but like I've said, I've never denied white privilege. Uh, but what I did say, and what I think is important to note is the melting pot that I, I do say that all the time because I do believe this is a melting pot. Uh, and when he wrote the intentions of European to change their identity white uh, to conquest, that wasn't the original intention because, but I will say this, blacks were never part of the melting pot in the initial form of the melting pot. Blacks were. Yeah, often we were in the, actually often we were in the melting pot. We were melting. Yeah, I look at. They cooked us. Yeah, I look at uh, black uh, labor as the pot. Everybody else was melting. They were the pot. They held everything together, but they got nothing from it. They weren't melted. They were just, right. they were the working part of it. And I, and I understand that. But the point was that I was trying to make is the melting pot is today into the, uh, for, well, first of all, everybody that came over here, that's not the intention of coming over here. Initially, uh, it was to move away from Europe so that they could be free. Uh, the, the insanity of that idea is to enslave another person, other people's, and then fight for your freedom and continue to keep those enslaved. That's, that's the bigger problem, and I understand that. But the way the Constitution was written, it doesn't uh, ever say, mention color. It isn't about that. And so because it was written that way, wrong, right, wrong, whatever the Constitution was, the idea behind it, it was written in a way that it can be a melting pot and should be. And the laws of the land say that everyone is equal, and that's the point of the melting pot to me. That's the point that I wanted to get to. And so when people will take, uh, take a, a snippet of what I said out of context, I can't really debate that. So that's, uh, I, I, I know that this is, was a long email, and this person gets a little heated with me on some of the things I say, but that was my point of what the melting pot was. Not uh, that I thought that everybody came over here was just to be jolly and happy. And everybody was included. Blacks were never included into the, in the original idea of what this country was. So uh, you win, you win. Uh, but that wasn't the intention of what I was speaking to. And by saying that uh, this pandemic is disproportionately affecting black people because they have health problems, isn't uh, to avoid the fact of why black people have health problems, but because they do today, we need to affect the problems that we have today going forward tomorrow to affect. We can't affect the history, but we can affect the future. So that, that was it. I'm not trying to say that uh, it's okay that they're dying. I'm, I'm saying that as a group, we need to make changes. That's all. So, okay, go ahead. That was, Amen. That was my, that was yeah, my, no, no, I, I, I got, no, that was all you, Professor Steinberg. Well, you got, you got anything on it? You got anything you want to add? You, no, you don't... I, no, I, 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 no, no, I, I, uh, no, I, I don't. I, I, 
that felt like an education. So I was well, just, you I, know. And he's very educated. He's very, he's very on tune. He's thinking, but one of the things that I, I think that, and you do this too, and you, and you, you said this, and this is what bothers me about people in general. Um, we listen to the things that we agree with. Like, I know that you watch MSNBC, right? Mm-hmm. CNN? Yeah, yeah. You ever watch Fox? Nope. You should. I know where you're going. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because it's easy to agree and go, yeah. But when you challenge your ideas, there's two things that happen. One, you can change your perspective of what the idea is. Or two, you can confirm why you agree with your idea. But the other- Right, but there's only so- but there's only so much bullshit you can listen to. You're right. And you know that, you know, you know that, and, and listen, this works both ways. You know, for the people that love Fox, vice versa towards CNN and MSNBC. Any, whatever you think somebody's agenda is, if, if it goes against what your agenda is, then to you, everything sounds like bullshit. But, but that's the reason why you need to listen to the other side, because there's two things, that, not only the two things that you get out of it, yourself but you're also going to know how to how to speak to someone about why why they're wrong or be able to lay your perspective out in a way that's more understood and that's what that's what's missing right now from a lot of the conversation i don't think that we speak in a way that we can challenge someone else's thought because we're not challenging our own thoughts i listen i don't watch uh any one channel i watch probably a lot of uh uh, BBC News and Bloomberg News, but I, I watch Fox and I will watch MSNBC as well as CNN. I, I, you need, a, like you said, though, you can't spend your whole day watching the news because if you do, you want to kill yourself at this point with everything that's going on right now. But you've got to have some other opinions because uh, The Art of War, the book of The Art of War, is you've got to know your enemy. And if you don't know... I was, was going to say, to know thy enemy. Yeah. And that's one of those books where I keep swearing I'm going to read... But, you know, I'm, I'm an attention deficit, dyslexic fucking person. I've tried to read that book several times. By, uh, and it is it's 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 a tough book to get through. It's a big book. No pictures. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I recently watched uh, one of Bill Burr's old stand up specials. And he said, dude, I can't read. When I start to read, I get sleepy. <laughs> I just get it just hurts because I really am dyslexic. It just makes it makes whatever is long makes it 10 times longer. All right, so we'll get off. I'll get off the soapbox. There we are. Let's go. Um, okay, okay. Let me go back because uh, this is actually from uh, a girl, Shamor. Uh, let me find it. Fuck, 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 fuck. All right, here we go. Uh, and again, this is why I take my hat off to this young lady because <clears throat> she, like very few females, more than, more than, fuck, how do I word this? Unlike most females, uh, she really is into everything, meaning sports. Uh, so, Last Dance, episodes one and two. She writes, let's get right into it. I don't get the MJ-LeBron debate. There is no comparison. But if you must compare anyone to MJ, it would be Kobe. I agree with that. MJ has even said this himself. Kobe had the combo of killer instinct and ridiculous work ethic that LeBron is missing. I don't know that I agree with that. LeBron's a, he's a, he busts his ass in the gym. That's why his body is still holding up. Anyway, unfortunately, I've never had the pleasure of seeing Mike live, but I've seen Kobe and LeBron live for the last eight years. <clears throat> Players on the floor don't even react uh, to them the same. Players respect LeBron, but they feared Kobe like MJ. I don't know how much more exposure to Kobe anyone outside L.A. has, but the traits slash deeds of MJ are incredible. 
Watching The Last Dance, I saw MJ do things Kobe would later replicate. Kobe would often stop his teams from celebrating what he deemed were meaningless games. He played injured. He berated his own teammates, didn't believe in load management, would even play to the detriment of themselves. The list goes on. LeBron will rightfully go down as one of the greats. I don't want to come across as a LeBron hater because I absolutely love him, but he did something MJ nor Kobe would ever do. Once he joined Miami, the the MJ comparisons had to stop. Could you imagine MJ joining the Pistons? Never. It's not his fault, but LeBron plays in an era where everyone is friendly. She puts in caps, fuck that. MJ and Kobe didn't even like their own teammates if they couldn't help get them another ring. The notion of Golden State Warriors beating the Bulls is laughable if you're talking 80s, 90s NBA. I think it's laughable if you're talking today's NBA. That's me, Aries, saying that. All young people should YouTube Mikhail Clotheslines Rambus. The announcer called it a good playoff foul. In today's game, that would be a suspension and a fine. There is no way Golden State could have physically kept up. I saw someone in your comments say Kobe and LeBron are global icons too. That is true. I don't think so, Shamar, but I'll get to it. But MJ was able to do this before the internet and social media. The old days of letter writing. That can't be understated. I get some people are going to ride for LeBron because he's their era, but people need to realize the players now have MJ to thank for Kobe, LeBron, Wade, Garnett, etc. In turn, Magic has Bird, my MJ has Magic Bird to thank for paving the way. People forget games were tape delayed until Magic Bird came along with Stern and made the league a U.S. phenomenon. Then MJ made the game global. I can't wait for the rest of the doc and your podcast. Andy, I think the edible you was taking when you at the Andy, I think the edible was talking to you when you said Bird over LeBron. So there, there's hers. Yeah did you re- did you read the email that I sent back to her? Did you see that at all? No. It's it's in there. It's it's I I wrote her back and I said I've been waiting for that comment. I made sure that I said my list of best players LeBron was two after Jordan, but my starting five I took Bird because of fit and big game sniper ability. I go go ahead and argue that. Now uh, also uh, the reason I do put LeBron at two over uh, Kobe is because Kobe's game was essentially Michael's game. He didn't innovate. Yes. He didn't innovate the game. That was that was Jordan's game. And there's nothing again. No one else could have done it. No one else could have came close to playing like Jordan did. I do think Kobe is in the conversation for number two. Uh, but it, it's such a similar game, and LeBron's game is so different than Jordan's. That's why I, I think I, I can easily put them as one and two because they both bring different things to the game at the highest possible level of that game. Right. And my whole thing has always been, you know, and and I think these are the diehard Laker fans slash Kobe fans, but they always go, Kobe's the greatest. He's better than Mike. It's like, dude, I can't give the guy who mimics all the other guys moves the number one spot over the guy that created the moves. I can't do that. And, And on top of that, Mike has one more ring than Kobe. So he's got him beat in terms of rings, and Kobe patterned his entire game after Mike. How does number two beat number one when number one taught number two? Well, and if you watch it, the you know if if number two adds something to the game, 
brings something different, puts a new dimension into the game. Kobe really didn't. The games were really identical. You can look at pictures of, of the moves. You can look at pictures of them posting up. You can look at, there's tons of pictures. They look exactly the same. I mean, and why wouldn't you? If you could study Jordan and play like Jordan, why wouldn't you do that? But there's still, right. but there's still only one master, and that was Jordan. And listen, I almost look at the global debate like, you know, TV back in the day had what three channels? Yeah. Now there's a thousand, so it's not the same thing. The the the, 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 the potency is not the same when the market is oversaturated. You know, yeah, Kobe, LeBron, because of social media. Yeah, they're known. They're known all over the world. But the impact is not the same as Michael. Michael gets mobbed where he goes. I don't think Kobe and LeBron get mobbed. They get recognized, but they don't get mobbed. That's, there's a difference. Well, the other difference that has to be factored into this, and I hear a lot of people not give Jordan credit for this, but it's, it's how you affect outside of basketball. And there is no bigger name in sports than Michael Jordan. And when I say sports, I'm not talking about sports in the NBA. I'm talking about how he affected worldwide sports, how he affected people all over the world in athletics. Uh, Jordan is still the bigger name over LeBron. Right. Over LeBron. Now, LeBron might have a big impact on what's happening socially today, but MJ is still the brand. Right. So I, I don't, yeah, and and but I do appreciate, and I and I also said more that said that uh, I appreciate any woman that has that much uh, love for basketball. Um, I, I I enjoy I enjoy watching basketball with, uh, like I, basketball is one of those like I don't understand. I, this sounds really weird to me. Maybe uh, in sports, I enjoy being with the guys and watching sports and you know hanging out. But basketball is to me is different. Basketball is like I don't know the beauty of basketball. There's something special about it. I like watching it with uh, everyone, uh, male, female, kids, old, young. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, basketball is different. When I'm watching football, it's to me it's kind of very dude esque. Like 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 overly male. Yeah, except for like Super Bowl. Like Super Bowl, like everybody comes together. Yeah, but that's that's an event. That's, that's an that's, event. But when it, I'm watching the yeah. game, I'm like I don't want I don't want anybody to talk to me during the football game. I don't want like, but in basketball, there's like I, I want to turn and like, did you see that or did you you know like there, there's so much. There, it's a different. It, it affects me differently. The visceral experience is different for basketball to football for me. Let me let me give you a little some stats here. Uh, the 98 finals had an average of 29 million people watching, most ever. Game six of the 98 finals, 35 million people, most ever. The last dance had 6 million watching, most ever for an ESPN doc. That's the power of Michael Jordan. It's been over 20 years since he took his last shot as a Chicago Bull. And still, the interest is record numbers. I agree. You don't get that with LeBron and Kobe. I agree. The interest is record numbers, but it's also during a global pandemic where Ah, I hate that. Yeah. But sports, that's that's as close to sports as we're getting right now. So wait a minute, because that's a discredit to Michael. No, it's not a discredit to the power of the bulls. Yeah, it is. So you think, so you think that if this pandemic wasn't going on and it was regular life as usual, 
them numbers still wouldn't be the same. You don't you don't think you could say five million? It would still be outstanding. Okay, if five million is still a record number, yeah, I that's just, still a testament to Mike. I, I'm just saying. I know. I, I I'm saying my, Michael is still like the yeah the draw. If he played an exp- an exhibition game, people would pay to go see that game. I'm not right. denying that. I'm just saying it also comes at a time because if I don't say it, the the all the haters are going to say it. It's because it's during the pandemic. Because don't forget the. Uh, the NFL draft, which was the most boring draft I've ever seen in my whole life, uh, also had record numbers. People are dying for sports right now, too. But I think people are enjoying watching The uh, the, the Last Dance. I didn't enjoy watching it. I thought uh, Roger Goodell was the most boring I've ever seen him. And I wish that since they couldn't give the jerseys like they used to, like, you know, they normally call the football player up and then they give them the jersey for their team. I thought they should have had like Lego cartoons come up and then a Lego cartoon. Uh, Roger Goodell should hand him a Lego jersey and had done that for at least the first 10 picks. But other than that, it was it was horrible. This is exciting to watch. I'm still excited, even though I went through this and I knew what happened. And I get so excited even when it's a little tidbit that I didn't know. I get excited about it. So it's different. It is better. But I'm just saying it comes at a great it comes at the perfect opportunity as well. Listen, I've been a man my whole life and I think I'm a man's man, but I know that when it comes to sports, I don't have that thirst and hunger that most men have. Like why? And most dudes get ready to get a Woody and bust a nut watching the draft. Like we got so-and-so, you know, I, I don't know. I've just never been a football guy. So my passion for football, and I'm an NBA dude, but I could give a fuck about the draft. The draft is put the game on. No, that's it's exciting for your team. If you like your team, the draft is exciting because you're hoping to improve and to get somebody that's going to improve your team. That's what the draft. That's the excitement of the draft. But you have to have that mob team mentality to get excited about a draft. I'm I'm excited about the draft because I, I get to be excited for the Giants and I get to be excited for the Cardinals. You don't do that fantasy league shit, do you? No, man, I can't do that. My, right. Someone said my life is is such a fantasy that I can't play fantasy. Uh, I, oh. I've gotten away with everything in life, so I I, uh, I enjoy uh, the games. I, I, there's no way that I want to make a game out of the game. That's that's not for me. All right, speaking of sports, I have to I have to say this because you know I've said it many a times. As, as much as I get wood for MJ. There's another Mike who gives me a little bit of chubby. Have you been hearing the rumors? No, is he going to come back from, and fight? From multiple sources, Mike Tyson wants to come back and fight in three, four rounders. Now he wants to go no more than four rounds. He wants to fight three exhibition four-rounder fights. <laughs> you know why that's funny to me? It's because yeah. everybody that fought Mike in the 80s, that's all they wanted to do too was go three, four rounds. Yes. <laughs> I but just want to be able to stand. About, I just want to be able to be standing on the fourth round. Right. Uh, yeah. But now we're talking about a 50-year-old Mike. Dude, I'm telling you, if y'all thought I was in a nuisance during this last dance shit, if, if MT comes back, I am going to be unbearable. Listen, if uh, I think that this is Tyson's Vegas to Rodman. 
This is like he's in this place in life where he needs to blow off some steam and he just wants to knock some people out. And he, like Rodman said, <laughs> I just want to get cut. I want to get cut. I want, I want to get hurt. I think he needs to get hurt and he wants to hurt some people. I think that's he. So do you think, you, you, let me ask you, if, if, if he fights, let's say his first fight out of the three, I won't say he takes a beating, but he, he feels some pain. Do you think he quits or he still goes on? I think he needs to feel that pain. I think he wants, he's welcoming to feel that kind of pain. Because you're feel, you know, in life, you feel pain no matter what. Whether it's emotional pain, physical pain, you know, you feel pain. And I think he was best. I think a lot of people who are like him, those alpha male, those the dog, right? They that's how they they can deal with that pain. That's the pain they're good at dealing with. And I think he's, you know, he's done everything else. I mean, he's, he's been on stage now. He has his one-man show. He's been in movies, TV. He, he's done everything. He's done his stuff. He's, you know, he's accomplished. But he still has pain. And how better to deal with it than the way that you know how best to deal with it? Now, do you think, let's say he does this. Remember, the old Mike Tyson would get, be at the press conference and say the wildest shit, wild and ferocious. We know he's not that guy anymore. So does he go back into that old verbiage, which you would look at and go, dude, this is such a put on, or does he, how does he play that now? I think he, I think the subtler he is, the scarier he becomes. Don't you think though, the one he, yes. like, like, like if he just looked at you and did that head shake, and it went like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or if he just was like, you know, let's just say he's a little humble. Yeah. I look forward to the fight. This is a great opportunity. Uh, thank you. And I look forward and God bless. That's scarier, isn't it? <laughs> I would think so. Because, because if he went back into his old bag of tricks at 50, you'd be like, yo, he's trying to sell us that he's that Mike now. No, nah, I'm not buying it. The thing is, I think Mike will still want to eat your children. I just think that he'll want some sauce on it to make them taste better. You know what? He'll put a, a napkin as a bib. You know what I mean, the napkin is a bib. He'll eat the, the feet with the with the pinky in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I a, a kinder, softer, gentler chew. I, I think he has it in him. I do because uh, people who have struggled, like Mike's do- well documented struggles, that comes. That that is the hardest thing for them to deal with, and I think getting to deal, like I said, dealing with pain in the way that he knows how to deal with pain, is is is, is would is would relieve him. I I really think when I said that about Rodman, I mean it a hundred percent. I think this is his va- his trip to Vegas. This is Let me tell you something, man. My fantasy would be for Mike to have these four fights, win them all spectacularly, and build his confidence enough. And maybe get his juices flowing to where this leads to him fighting either Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. Let me tell you something, man. I will literally bust semen all over my ceilings to see that nigga come out in that white towel and then black trunks and then black shoes with no socks. Are you fucking kidding me? With that white beard. Oh, man. Dude, it's hard to get that body back in shape, though. It's but hard. he looks good, though. Yeah, I know. No, but he looks good, though. But when you're in your 50s, it's hard, man. 
I mean, look, he, he ain't going to be pristine in terms of, of, of a physical body. But if you look at some of his pictures, yo, the dude don't look fat at all. No, but just you, you have to be you have to be able. Well, like you said, he only wants to go three or four rounds. Yeah, he, right. could, he could do three or four rounds. Right. Okay. Man, I would, I, I would, yeah, I would want to see that. Right. All right. Um, this next one is from Sergio Sosa. Yo, Aries, what's up? Check out Joe Rogan's podcast, episode 1,448. Uh, let me, this is me talking. Dude, that's so crazy. <laughs> 1,448. Dude, he's doing oh, like four to God. six hours a day. That's like, dude, looking at me. I'm almost close to 100,000 followers on Instagram. Break out the cake and the balloons. Nigga, it's a milestone. Then you go to fucking, you know, Rihanna, and it's 35 million. Oh, Jesus. I- I'm almost at 2,000. Right. <laughs> Are you? Holy shit, all right. <laughs> you get a little cake and balloons, nigga. You get a slice. Dude, 2,000 is <laughs> nothing in this world. I mean, I can't even believe that it's that bad, but I, I just don't work social media like everybody else does. Oh, all right. He goes, um... In an interview with Joey Diaz, they bring up comedian Alonzo Bowden. It's exactly at the one-hour mark where Joe says that Alonzo has some good points. He then said not every Trump supporter is racist, but every racist is a Trump supporter, which he he later says, that sounds a lot like parallel thinking with what you're saying about white people, which my quote is, not all white people are racist, but as a race, you guys are known for racism. Your boy, Sergio Sosa. There's no lying in you, Tony. Um, what do you think? Say the quote again, though. I, I just got to hear the quote again. Not, not all Trump, all, Trump wait, supporters no, me, are racist. I don't want to fuck it up. Not, not every Trump supporter is racist, but every racist is a Trump supporter. Nah, not even close. No, no. His daughter's married to a Jew. If you listen to any of the stuff that they first said when uh, the these uh, neo Nazis or these uh, fucking Klansmen kind of guys, where they're talking about Trump, they go, "Yeah, we'll take him because this is all we got." But uh, he gave his daughter to a Jew. Like they they don't like any of that that part of him. So I'm not going to say all Trumps. I'm, I think there's a lot of a lot of racist out there who don't support Trump. They'll they'll take what they're given. They'll take the scraps from what 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 they feel like he's he's throwing, but he isn't they're, they're not supporting him in that way because he he works with Jews. Uh his daughter's married to a Jew. But I just want to make sure we're on the same page cuz I don't think dude is making the like I don't think that's what he's going for, Sergio. I think more he's talking about in the cadence and Kind of in the meaning, the way I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know the bop, way bop, you're bop, saying bop, 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 yeah. bop, 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 bop. No, I, I got it. Yeah, that is very similar in into what you're saying. I just, uh, yours makes sense to me. That one doesn't make as right. much sense to me. Oh, okay. All right. Because it, it doesn't, it doesn't correlate. Yours, yours, yours isn't saying that all white people are racist. You're just saying that we, uh, white people perfected racism. 
Right. Regardless of your your uh, how what your personal feelings are, you perfected it. That one's just really saying that the racist. But as far as it sounding like you, yeah, it sounded like like that. All right. Um, Braden forty five. What has Obama done? Hey, Aries, longtime fan and listener of the pod. Saw your recent Vlad interview and want to say thanks for always sticking up for Obama. Sadly, many times against our own people, people think that he was supposed to cure all of our issues and forget that racist infrastructure in the government that would many times dismiss that kind of change from taking place. Thanks for putting up with that nonsense and keeping and and keeping to bring up his incredible significance to our culture, included a link of his accomplishments throughout his time as president. So if any of those doubters want to keep pushing that lie that he's done nothing for blacks, you can copy and paste the link to shut them up. All the best, BC. Yeah, Eddie, did you see that that Vlad thing I did? Yeah, I've been watching the Vlads that you that you did. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I, 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 it's all it always sucks because interviews feel like auditions, where it's like when you go on an audition, you do what you do, you rehearse it, you plan it, you try to hit all your marks, but no matter what you do, when you finish, you go over it in your head and go, I could have done this, I should have done that, this would have made it better. Same thing with interviews. And there was something in the interview. There was a couple things in the interview that I should have said that I didn't say that I look back on and just go, fuck. And I thought about it later or I should have articulated it better. And skip Obama for a second. I want to go back to one of the things I hit in the, in the interview because I've already, I've already beat that drum to death. But again, even when I have black women that go, yeah, Obama didn't do shit. And like I said in the interview, what about Michelle Obama? How could you not celebrate that kind of cultural symbolism? So again, our girls have always been bred and born to believe dark is ugly, nappy headed, fucking our, our, our texture of our hair, the complexion. The darker you are, the more ugly you are. Big nose, wide nose, big lips. And I'm just going, here's Michelle Obama, elegant, classy, beautiful, smart, handles the position like a queen that might be inspirational to a black girl out there somewhere that feels like you know what maybe i'm ugly because of my dark skin i get teased at school i'm feeling suicidal and if the and if the image of michelle obama turns that around and, and, and gives a, a young black girl inspiration and hope to not kill herself to, to, to aim to be that how do you denounce that you know, I I, I don't think yeah I, I've spent a little bit more time thinking about this because um, I've I've often said you know Obama wasn't my favorite president uh, I I don't have I, this is where this is where I was going to say this you defend Obama and I know what you were talking about Michelle right now too and I'm I'm going to say this about the idea I think that a lot of the people that hit you hard about this that he didn't do shit for black people was more about the fact that how often are we going to have a black man running the country? How often are we going to have that black family in the White House? You need to get as much as you can for us now. And I think that's where that comes from. Not that he was the president of the whole country, which he you know, obviously he was the president of the whole country, and he did right by what he thought America, uh, how the country needed to be run, what he needed to do for the entire country. But I think that that 
the people that are hitting you are people that are going, this is the opportunity to reverse things, to get some actual change. And they didn't feel that that was the connection that was made. I, I think okay. that's where it's coming but, but again, my, my, But my two points, no matter what he tried to do, Congress had his hands tied. The second, they, yeah, they his, fought him tooth and nail on everything. Yeah, and the second, in, in his second uh, um, term, definitely 100%. I, I, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that that's the problem. I, I just. I didn't like his worldview. That's what I didn't like. But uh, as far as being presidential, I think that's the greatest thing. Not. I don't want to say greatest. Let me rephrase that a little bit. I think one of the greatest things that he set forth to America and to uh, white racist individuals, or people. I shouldn't even say racist. White people that maybe don't have contact. Uh, in their community with black people on a daily basis. He represented one of the most presidential people I've ever seen. Definitely one of the most articulate presidents we've had in the last 40 years. Uh, he, he, he was presidential. He showed black people not as anything else but the world leader. And I think that if you can't take that as as something that's done, like you said, to be put up, to, that raises the bar and makes people feel like they have hope uh, that they can accomplish anything that they that they put their mind to, then how is that? That's that that is one of the most amazing things that I think he he could have done. And, and, and again, um, when you talk about his accomplishment, he took us out of a recession. You mean to tell me no black people benefited from that? Yeah. He, he, he took he took out Osama bin Laden. You know, there were black people, firefighters, police officers, people on the planes that crashed into the building, the Pentagon, the field in Pennsylvania, black people who were trapped in the towers when the buildings came down. So if, by taking out Osama bin Laden, he gives those black people's family closure. Who are we to judge whether or not that's, you know, oh, he didn't do nothing. If he gave them closure, they took he, he was responsible for making the call to take out the mastermind who was responsible for causing the death of some black people who were related to people who died. Uh, so that gives us closure. We didn't benefit from that. You know, anything that was positive, everyone benefited for. The one thing that I really when you, you brought up was the economy. This man, you said, uh, did you say recession or? Yeah. It, it, it's been said that we were really teetering on a depression, that if we would have went any further, that we could have sent the whole world into a worldwide depression. He, to ride that line <laughs> and bring us out of that is pretty amazing. But there's some other, I don't want to get into the good and bad and then why I like him, why I don't like him. There's some other things that are in that, but he did get us through this through this that economy that bush just handed to him hey you know how fucked up shit is it's even more fucked up than you think good luck that's what he got okay and he walked us he walked us out of that because that's something you can't run out of you have to walk out of that because if you try to run through that you're going to fuck things up even worse and there are some things that he ran through that economically it's fucked a lot of things up I don't think that he had a choice to do it any other way than he did it. I, all the, all I, the I, I admire him for how he did that. All the millions and millions of people who didn't have health care that got it, none of them were black. 
No, he's done things, but I, I think... Like, what do niggas want? I think that they wanted reversal of the racist structure that the, the American government has built. That's what they wanted. And, and nothing Andy, nothing do, besides do that know, was going to be a win. Andy, do you know how you would have put me in absolute stitches if without blinking an eye, you said, I think what niggas want and kept your rhythm. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, but that's what I, I I think that I I really do think that they anything short of changing the system is what they is what it wouldn't have been good enough. And, and as I said in in my rant, I forget what episode it is to the email to the guy that said you know where I had this same fucking thing, and I said again, yes, they want him to change the system, but the system look who controls it. It's not, a, it's not a coincidence that they're fighting him. They don't want the system changed because it'll fuck up what it's designed to do. But see, oh, my whole thing was this. My, my whole thing is this. And I agree with you. Was Obama perfect? Of course not. No one is. Certainly no politician or president. Um, but goddamn, given the climate of what it was, he, what more did you want? Yeah, I, I think that's what people miss. I think that I think as history goes down, that's going to be really important to see what he was handed. The, the unfortunate part of that, and we're doing we're doing it again right now, is the money grab that happens when you do use stimulus to change it. We we, we made a lot more people rich that already were rich, and it's happening. It's going to happen again with this stimulus that they're doing. Uh, the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, that, and that's just the way it goes. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. Okay, so when at what point do we finally realize we're either really being duped or there's just nothing we can fucking do about it? Uh, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer is a tradition. Yeah, worldwide. And you know what happens when it when you finally have when it really when you really can see that it's ten percent of the country has all the wealth and ninety percent are living in poverty. That's when you have revolution. You know, and by revolution you don't mean vote. No. Okay. No, uh, and and you know, I, I don't want to get too far into the political part of this, but you know, Jefferson talked about times when blood will have to be spilled again because government always goes in a moves in the direction of the of the haves. Um, and, and we're right. and our direction that we're that we have right now, we're a capitalist system, and and we, I'm not going to deny uh, that that's how that's how the the greatness of the country was achieved. But you have to have some socialist ideas or safety nets because if you think about it, think about how much money. And I'm not trying to, man. I don't want to be the guy who says I want a redistribution of wealth, but. Let, let, let's look at it this way. If you have someone that just spent, I forgot what they said, Bezos, Be, uh, the Amazon guy just spent on his, uh, on his home and he has, and he's worth that. He doesn't have that because he has it in stocks in, in Amazon and what it's worth. But how can you have so many billions of dollars, but on the cap, but on right outside of the streets in Washington, DC from the white house and from the Capitol building, you can have homeless people sleeping. What it, it, you do, your country your your country they, they say it shouldn't be based on how well the wealthiest live in your country that makes your country great it should be how your poorest are taken care of because if you live in a country where your poor are at least treated as humans and and they have dignity and they have food 
and they they live. They have some some form of health care. I'm not saying roll out the red carpet, and if someone it, it doesn't put effort into their life, that you have to make it different. But there should be a balance where someone doesn't own a large percentage of the wealth in one nation while people are sleeping on the streets. It just doesn't make sense. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into a whole political thing because uh, I could because uh, I'd rather save this for another podcast because we're talking about Biden. We're talking about uh, and, you know, I just said to you on a podcast a couple episodes ago that I, I don't think Biden can win. And I think you'll have Trump for another four years if Biden gets elected. Now, Biden's having issues right now. And uh, some people think Bernie should come back in the race, but Bernie's not going to get it because Bernie, and this is what I really hate about what's been said. Bernie, they said he's been uh, a career politician and he hasn't really put any bills forward and he hasn't got anything done, but he's had the same message since he started. So what does that say? He has the same message. He's ran on the same values on change and a socialist, and I don't want to say we are a socialist country. I said a socialist safety net where people are being taken care of that are don't can't take care of themselves. He's 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 advocated for this his whole career, and he hasn't been able to get anything through. So they're saying he's not good. It's not that it's not that he's not good. It's that the people in power don't care about poor people, people that are underserved. They don't care about that. This system is made the way this system is built today that if you did try to do redistribution of wealth and you said everybody is now a millionaire and basically these all these billionaires are giving back so much money they're going to stay billionaires but not hundred not have hundreds of billions of dollars or 60 billion but they're going to make everybody's going to be a millionaire within 10 years the billionaires would be richer than they were before and the same people would be poor right this is the system that we have you got to change the system. I'm not advocating you know, for, uh, for a revolution, though. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, okay, but then you, you said you got to change the system. So if that's what it takes to change the system, can't have it both ways. You're going to have so we, uh, if Unless we're we going to continue to be duped and conned and fucked over, what other option is there but well, to have a revolution? Let me ask you this question a different way, then. And, and I'm just going to use this. I, I'm, I, 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 I don't have to make this racial, but let me make it racial. Um, so we've had this system for hundreds of years, for over 200 years. Um, and as a black person in this country, all the years of your life, you're how old? 41? You, 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 you froze on as a black. Okay. As a black person in this country, you are how old? I'm 45. 45. So as a 45 year old black man in this country, you're going to tell me and take, personal feelings out of this take sound bites out of this democrats really done a better job for you than republicans or have both sides fucked black people over anyway and if that's so okay if that's so then the system is broken okay well you you're not saying anything that's a news flash we know the system has been broken but as i've always said many a times democrat republican neither one has given a shit about us okay so you know, there that is. Well, and I, I'm just going to let you know, they don't care about white people either. What they care about is rich people, rich white people, rich white people. Oh, boy. I, and, Eddie, this is where we get so dangerous, you and I. Because, again, you always lean. And I'm not, again, 
I, I don't want to. I don't want to say you're wrong, but you always lean on the dollar aspect. Because, okay, let like me, that outweighs the racial. It doesn't outweigh our aspect. It doesn't outweigh it. It adds to it. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then. It adds very little to it. Okay, let me ask you this then. Rich black men, do their do their ideas change a little bit? Because rich black men get richer with the policies that are in place that work for rich white men. Right. But when they go out into the world, regardless as to how rich they are, they're reminded that they're niggas. Uh, I, I'm not disputing the race part. I'm talking about the economics of government. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, money gives you advantages. Money makes things easier. Money opens certain doors. And but it still doesn't take away the racial component. And let me do, I, this is I'm not saying it takes away the racial component. All I'm saying is is that if you have money and the money doors open, sometimes a few black people get to slide in. Sometimes a few Mexicans get to slide in because the money kept the door open. I'm not saying that the racial part is overtaken by the money and that it automatically whitewashes everybody so that we're all the same and kumbaya once we get into the room. I'm saying money is what makes everything flow and keeps it flowing. So if you're rich and you're black and you are going to make more money with a policy that's in place that helps rich white people, where are you going? Are you going to go back to going poor? Or are you going along with rich white people? I'm going to let uh, to all of y'all, to, to all of y'all that are listening to this, black people, I'm going to let y'all tell him because we've had this banter so many times that Andy is Floridian. He, he's not wavering. He's standing his ground. This is one of those moments where he's standing his ground. So I'm going to let all y'all write in and tell him what he needs to hear again. Not from me because I've said it a million times. Okay. But I want to make sure that this is clear <laughs> when you write to me. I'm not talking about Republican or Democrat. Because there's rich white people on both sides of those aisles. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're okay. talking about. I'm not you're talking about wealth, period. Wealth, period. And what wealth does and how it cha- affects people that they make decisions that aren't always best for them and their community because they want to do what they feel will make them more money. I'm not saying that's everybody. There's people that go against that. There's a lot let me, of people. Let me, let me give you an that. example. Let me, let me, let me tell you. And I, I should be ashamed of myself because I'm in the fucking documentary. There's a documentary that exists about the first and only black, most successful black comedy club at the time in Chicago. I think it was called All Jokes Aside. One of the guys responsible for that club, rich, 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 powerful brother. Now, this club was basically in the black community and and you know like anything else it started out in a closet by the time it reached the peak of its powers everybody from bernie mack steve harvey cedric <clears throat> jamie fox myself etc etc worked this club even comedy central even used to do a television comedy thing where they would show you know like uh like, like back in the day, how Comedy Central might do. I'm trying to think of one of their old comedy programs. But they used that club as a regular weekly program. 
This guy who I'm talking about, the black guy who founded it, tried to take, tried to read, to, to create another club under the same name in a white part of town. The mayor, the governor, and everybody in the white business community made sure he couldn't get that done. They blocked him. They came up with all kind of bullshit. They put obstacles in front of him. They did everything in their power to make sure that this rich, powerful black man could not put a club in a white neighborhood. So now you want to tell me about how the money works again? Yep. I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to say. Oh, shit. He wouldn't even have that. <clears throat> here's, here's, the, here's the question. Why did he want to run? Why did he want to run to the white community to put that in there? He wanted to make more money, right? Of course. But if he was going to do what was best for his community, wouldn't it have been to reinvest into other investments in his community? Okay, but why just black dollars? Why no, not no, no, all the dollars? No, no, because I'm saying this is this is the theory behind what I mean about being rich and how money and, works. And before you before you you finish your theory, here's the bottom line. This is America. He should have the right to do whatever the fuck he wants to do without explanation. Let's not let's not forget the point of this. My point is he wasn't allowed to exercise his freedom as an American equal citizen. 100%. I'm not denying that. That's the racial component to what we're talking about. The part that I'm trying to say is he went for money because he was looking what is best for if you took race out of that, he looked at what's best for me. How can I make more money? How do I capitalize? Well, this neighborhood, and there's more money in this neighborhood, I'm going to go to this neighborhood. So he was going after money because he was looking at money as, as the way to change his market. When the reality is, and this is why I'm saying, if you are a rich black man and you have laws that are going to make you more money, you tend to go to those, go follow the direction of other white rich men. You go in that direction because that's going to make you more money in theory. That's why you would follow that. But the truth is what we're saying right now, that money didn't get him all the way to where he wanted to go. If he would have reinvested in the black community, he could have brought up other people and in bulk, they can change things. We have to change things by the people who realize that have nots can get together and our have nots are worth something. We can. But, then, but, but my, 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 my bottom line is we shouldn't have to do all that. Technically, if we're all one nation, one blood, one, one country, not. one people. Okay, but sometimes that's what, you, that's, what you, that's what you put your hat on. That's the theory. That's the way it should be. The reality is it's not. If you, if you, we, the reality is we have homeless people and multi-billionaires. We have, uh, we have a country that uh, a black man is how many more times likely to be in jail than a white man? I don't know what the number is. I know it's extraordinarily like high on one side than the other. Yes, if the country isn't, move, isn't moving in that direction. We need to move in that direction. So sometimes... Like I said in the beginning, I'm not advocating revolution. I'm saying it may come down to revolution. Well, it's going to come down to that. Because, again, we've been doing this. We've been dancing the same dance and singing the same song. And, yes, there have been results. There have been changes. But somehow we still fighting the same bullshit. The, the harder fight. I, I promised myself I wasn't going to hold back anymore. 
because this, this coronavirus made me realize things. The harder fight is it's not just an American thing. Black people haven't been cared about around the world. We know this. So we can fight here, but the perception is the fight is deeper than that. The fight is deeper than that. The reason change has happened in Europe were different than happened in this country is because European change, black people <coughs> enslaved in Europe were enslaved in a different way. America was the worst. When he called it a slaughterhouse, he wasn't kidding. This was the worst. The change in Europe was easier to change because you were working in more city areas where here it was working as uh, outside. It was uh, plantations. It was different kind of work. This was a different radical change because this country was built by slaves. So that being said, this country has made dramatic changes from where it came because it didn't start making these changes to the 60s. I don't think it's enough because what I'm trying to say is it's not when I lump money in, I'm lumping money in because it's not just black people that are suffering anymore at this point. The needle has moved where white people of all races. And when I say that, I mean, because at at the start of this country, there was a difference between an Italian guy and an Irish guy, but now everybody looks at themselves as white. So, and I say I'm white because I walk through this world as white, but let's put it this way. As that needle moves and there's less and less people with money. That's where all of a sudden it's not just black people that are going to, that are, 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 having these atrocities it's going to be white people it's going to be brown people it's everybody that doesn't have money to lift themselves out of this and that's when revolution occurs that was my point that's where i think i'm misunderstood for the record okay but just know for the record uh whether it's poor white people and poor black people in the same boat or rich white people and rich black people in the same boat we're never in the same boat. Yeah, but if, if we were all in the boat and we were in the ocean, we'd figure out how to get along or we'd just get rid of some people from the boat. Right. Them niggas would be the first ones drowning. Mm, it depends. I want to I take it to Obama, back to Obama for a second. Because, again, I've always said this. I don't tolerate no Obama slander. I love me some Obama. But here's the one thing I do wish. Um, one of my favorite movies is American President. My favorite scene is the standoff scene between Michael J. Fox and Michael Douglas. When he's, Michael is basically saying to him, Rumsfeld is doing all the talking. We need you to step up to the plate and say something. I wish Barack would or would have, or maybe even still, he could do it even though he's not president anymore. I wish he would personally address these accusations from black people. You didn't do shit for us. I wish he would purposely have a sit down and do an interview and address. They say I didn't do anything for black people. Uh, Here's what I said. And I would love to hear his defense on that. Not that I need to hear it, Because at the end of the day, again, I stand firm with this nigga. He did a great job. He did what he needed to do for me. And I think for a lot of black people that share that sentiment. 
But for his, you know, critics, his black critics, I'd like him to say something. Yeah, I, I, but I think saying something weakens you in a way. Because why say anything if you already know what you did? I know what you know what he did. I like you know you know when Ice T said I don't have to go after him. He, he's a Harvard scholar. Yeah, but he's look. smart enough and swaggerous enough and elegant enough to put these niggas in their place. Yeah, but, I don't think weak is the right word. Uh, but oh, but what I'm saying is, remember when we were talking to Ice T and he said, "Yeah, I don't even go at these people to come at me because all my people go after them. I don't even need to go after them because they're going to go after them." When you're just talking about Twitter and how people come at him, and then he yeah, but his people and Obama's people. That's two different things. But we have people because like Because some you, of what should be is... Go ahead. No, you have people like me, yes. But there are so many people of, we are of the same ilk that are against him. So it's like we're fighting a civil war within each other over him versus Ice-T, who his people is the rap community. His people are the law and order community. His people are the movie and the body count rock community. Going against fucking trolls. Yeah, but yeah. that's very different from this Obama shit. But yeah, I, it is different than this Obama shit, as you just said. The thing is, right now, when I look at different segments of population fighting with each other, and I'm gonna, uh, and I'm looking, I'll say, looking at the black community. You know, when in the six, going back to the '60s, and when you had a voice like Malcolm X, and then you had a voice like Martin Luther King, right? And although they were saying different things, you knew they were on the same page. They had a different way of getting there, but you knew that they had the same vision. Not exactly the same vision, but they had a vision that was similar, that they were moving in the same direction. I don't feel that way right now. I feel, and that's not just the black community. That's all communities. We're all broken. No one's on the, you know, when they talked about uh, uh, Russia and the interference in the election. I don't feel that they interfered with the presidential election. I mean, no more than they normally do at any election or that we as the United States does to other elections, including Russia's election. We all manipulate and put things out there. But what Russia, I think, did better than anyone else ever has done is they didn't. It wasn't about the president. It was about the people. And they've actually made a separation of people in this country like I've and and, and stealing from Trump like I, I have never seen before like he always does that like you never see before like i've never seen us so divided split down the middle but completely opposite of each other and that's what's making our country and the direction we're going the weakest i think we yeah yeah but you know when you use that as an example and you talk about a division because of trump we're talking about morons versus intelligence no I'm talking about it's not just more. There's there's a lot. If we, if we really break down politics, Trump is not any worse. Tell me how oh. Trump is the worst president. Uh. You, okay, let me ask you this. Trump Name is, another president that would tell you to drink Lysol. You know, this is this is the, the I, I I didn't say he was the smartest. How much worse does it get than that? Have he told you the, the worse than that is if he told you, hey, the cure for coronavirus is to eat your own doo doo. Well. I think that there was presidents that have put us in worse positions where uh, we went into a uh, great depression. We've had presidents that are completely, I'm not saying he's a good president. Just hear me out. We, we, we talk like this president 
is the worst ever. We've had presidents that have run this country through some of the worst and most amazing, like, like what my man brought up at Tuskegee. We have presidents that were signing off on shit like that. We've had, we've had that this has never been good for people that were uh, minorities, underprivileged. This has never been good. The, the, the country, the way, the way the vote was set up in the beginning, they didn't even want poor people or uneducated people to vote. That was one of the things. Was this one vote that they think that we we're supposed to have, that wasn't the original idea. They were afraid that they were going to reelect the king. This country, has, as far as leaders go, yeah, there have been many, many better leaders in this. But this is just another bad fucking... It's another bad uh, guy running the country. It's it's we have I don't I, we're gonna we're we're putting up another bad guy to go up against him. Biden is not any more of a genius than this genius. I, I'm I I mean mm, more, I don't know about that dude. More, In comparison to Trump, only morally Biden is is wonderful. Only morally, I can and I can't even say morally because we have issues with him too. But him uh, trying to holler at bitches. Yeah. One said, "Grab him by the pussy." This one's throwing women up against the wall. You, you got. We, we, you know why we're having this? Because they're the same seventy-six-year-old white man with the same privileges. If you're seventy, you know, you know. Okay, no, no. I'm to your point. Do you know who was the best president we ever had? If, if you're talking about old white men with old white traditions and old white behavior. You're going to say uh, Clinton? No, Obama, nigga. Oh, I thought you said white. I thought you were going with no, white. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm talking about old white behavior, old white men. Yeah, no, and without any scandals about him, about what he did, or none, none of that. None of that with him. <laughs> Even more why I say black people should understand how great Obama was for us. Because that adds to our legacy. And you that got, adds to our history. And we also have to understand, when you're saying that about Obama, at that time, is when all the social media was coming into effect, and people were knowing more about people and more access, and he still didn't falter. So I think he probably has a real clean record right there. I just don't understand how, how for a nigga that had, that had ran up against so much opposition, so much hatred so much ridicule so much disrespect and like we all know no scandals no porn stars no menstrual jokes no grabbing them by the pussy no building a wall and still came out on top intelligent and did a pretty damn good job when did we as black people get to a point racially where we went nah not good enough because they wanted more change well, like I said, this is a baton race, not a sprint. Yeah, it's going to take more than okay. Him. But then that goes to my point. That's why I said I'm not advocating a revolution. I think that there is a possibility of changing the structure of the system, but not when we keep voting for the same people. I'm gonna leave it at revolution because, you know, that's why I asked you earlier when before you said revolution, I said you, you about to say voting. Because the whole voting shit, I think, is all an illusion it, to, to make us feel like we're in control. No, it, when we're not. We're, but it could be different because just hear me out for this one second before we get off this and just kill this. 
when you're talking about 70 something year old white dudes that have the same privilege, grew up in the same way. I mean, I'm sure they grew up a little bit different, but with the same kind of privilege, the same kind of ideas, the same kind of thoughts of what this America is. And they're at that age. And we have groups of people. How old was, uh, how old was, uh, Clinton when he won 50? Was he 50? I don't remember. I don't remember. How come we don't have any 50 year olds running? How come we don't have a 60 year olds running? Why don't we have people with progressive mentalities that understand a different country that we live in? These guys are living in a different age that we don't live in anymore. No one would tweet the stuff that this dude tweets out if they had any idea how to use this fucking technology. They would use it for positive things, not to get people fired and make themselves look like idiots. We need somebody that is more youthful, more progressive, that understands the world we live in, understands structural change that needs to be made. But it's not just the president. It's your congressman. It's your Senate. We need to change from bottom up. We need to change who's in power. The power. I'm not saying that 20 year olds should be running the country. They don't have the experience. Uh, but I think that there's some 20 year olds that would have better ideas than some 76 year olds. I, I we, right. we need to get back. Our generation, the generation that me and you are from, aren't even running this country, and we're already old. Think about that. We have older generations running the country than what we are. You get annoyed with me and I'm 10 years older than you because of my perspective of what this is. They're 30 years older than you. They're 30 years older than than what should be in office. We need, and that goes for all of our political parties. All Congress. We need to make changes. We need a political. We need to change our views. Look at look at look at the. I'm not saying they're doing great jobs either in their country, but look at the ages of the people running the other countries. They're not 90 year old men. Yeah. If you want to get progressive, you need to get. The reason Bernie's an exception to this is because Bernie has been saying the same thing for 30 years. He's actually on point of where people are thinking that this country should be. But people aren't going to go with it because they think. And I I think it was. uh, uh, Who's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks? Mark Cuban? Um, Yeah. Yeah. He said that the reason people. Poor, poorer people or people without as much money vote against their best interest is because they believe that if they do make it, they want the policies and the in place that allow them to continue to become rich and richer. Because even though the majority of people will never make that, they believe that they want that available to them if they do make it or if their children make it instead of just taking care of them and the children in the way the world is now. Hey, well, I don't know that I could fault that. I mean, you know. Yeah, but Aries. Shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon, but if you can see... Okay, let me ask you this question then, this way. If shooting for the moon meant that we're going to take rockets and shoot for the moon, and you have 10% of the country that have rockets that can make it to the moon, and the other 90% we know are going to miss the moon. 
would you jump in one of those 90% rockets hoping that you made it? Or would you go, hey, maybe, maybe we should change the technology a little bit uh, and get some different rockets so that we have a better chance of getting to the moon? Maybe we don't need to get a moon. Maybe we should put some money right here. We're, we're voting and we're looking at things for a future that we probably, and I'm not saying we won't have, but probably most Americans will never have that opportunity. But they vote in the idea just in case they get it. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where the older I get, the more I'm investing in cheating. <laughs> well, well, that's Whatever very, the fuck it takes for me to get there. That's very white I'm of you. I'm trying to give... I, well, then, God damn it. Well, <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> We've had some pretty comical podcasts, and I had to ruin this by getting all serious. No, no. It wasn't about getting serious. It was like, you know... Say what needed to be said, but you know, listen again. When you're when you're young and when you're trying to do the right thing, theories and playing it correctly and doing what's supposed to be the right thing is what you you know is what you try and do. But like I said, the older I get and the more I see how the world really works, I'm starting to give a fuck less. Yeah, but you know what? How the world really works. But everybody wants to swing and hit a home run. Just take Dr. J for a minute. Julius Irving, man that I look up to. Not because he was just the greatest basketball player, but you know at his, at his time period, he didn't make a lot of money. Those guys didn't make the, the contracts that these guys have today. But do you know how rich that dude is? Because he invested. He invested. He owns tons. I don't know if he still does, but he used to own Coca-Cola bottling uh, uh, plants all over the country. He is wealthy it's not about the home run it's about being consistent working hard making something for yourself and we could still do that and achieve and put laws in place that allowed the poorest of the poor in this country to at least live as humans in this country listen i'm I'm not i'm not doubting what you're saying i'm not saying you're wrong uh however you get there get there but the home runs count Home runs count, but a lot home of... Home runs are all... I'm just saying, home runs are always sexier. Think about this. That's what the people pay for. Think about that the the, the, low, the lowest paid basketball player right now probably makes more per year than Dr. J did in his at, per year in his career. And 10 years from now, Dr. J will have more money than those guys have. 10 years from now, he'll have more money than those guys who are making much more than him today than he made when he was in the NBA. That's assuming those guys, unlike him, don't invest. Right. I'm saying a majority. But if they invest and do all the things that he did. Then they will be very successful. But I'm just okay. saying, it's not about... It, it, sometimes getting on base is just as important as hitting a home run. Sometimes you, yeah. sometimes you just got to get on yeah. base. But hitting home runs is always sexier than getting on base. Yeah, but we have a mentality in this country of the home run ball. When we need to get on base, most of us, most of us don't have the tools or the skills to hit a home run and then keep that home run money. We need to do things in a way that we progress and make money. And we can all be, we can be successful by doing it that way. But if the home run ball is the sexy ball, that's the one that everybody looks to. That's the one that everybody wants, but that isn't the reality. If, If that was the case, then we'd all just play the lottery. We all win. And most lottery winners. There, 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 yeah, there's, there's some truth in that. Uh, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, it I mean, can be a little bit of both. 
I'm sure it's. I'm sure it can be a little bit of both. Everything can. Listen, be there, there, there are guys who have the skill set to hit the home run, but because there are politics involved and certain other things involved, and if you don't necessarily play the game a certain way, that can prevent you from that. But then there are guys with less talent who get on base and make the most of the situation. But when you get called, you and you know this from being a comic, when you get the call and you can get into the room. You have to make the most of what that opportunity has for you. And those are the people that succeed, is the people that make the most. The most might, like you said, be just a base hit. Maybe there's not a home run in that room, but you have to get on base. Let me. You saw The Black Godfather finally, right? I don't want to talk about the whole thing right now. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah, but I just want to talk. That's a man that figured out how to get on base and then turned it into home runs. All right, let's leave it there because I, I don't want to. I don't. I, I know I, that's another piece of the yard. I don't want to. I don't want to pull this string. Have you? Uh, okay, no, you're right. You're right. We'll save it. But well, how much time do we give them? Uh, about an hour and a half. Really? Oh, I thought it feels longer than that. Yeah. Well, we got political. That so it happens. Um, All right. Um, I wish I could remember. The, the name of that documentary. Uh, look it up, folks. I think it's called All Jokes Aside. I know, damn. It was a great documentary. Melanie Camacho, Bill Bellamy, uh, Cheryl Underwood, a lot of comics. Um, it's my man named Black Dude does all the fucking movies with all the white boys. Fat nigga with the afro. Craig Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, wish I would have said that. Yeah, I would have yeah, been the most racist. Yeah, I would have been the most racist motherfucker in the world if I said that. That's funny, <laughs> dude. I, again, I'd have died my ass off. I know that ain't. Just, I know that ain't just speed, but I'd have died my ass off. Yeah, I admit it would be funny. I just, I just. That's a line I just can't cross. I can't. I don't know why I can't. I tell cross. you what. When the podcast is over and you know your mic's off, try it. It'll no, tickle you. No, it won't. It won't. I, if you. I was watching uh, uh, this documentary called uh, "Burn Motherfucker Burn." It was about uh, it's about the policing in L.A. Dude, this guy comes on. This white dude comes. You, if you watch just the first minute, you'll watch the right. whole thing. Because when this dude was talking, like I told you, I rewound that thing three times, and I was like, "Oh my!" Like you, yeah. Check it out if you get a chance. All right. Uh, was it called uh, "Burn Motherfucker Burn"? And and it's okay. Yeah. It's on Netflix or something? Uh, I think it's Netflix. It's either on Netflix or Prime, but it's uh it's on the uh, uh on the policing of in LA. It's all about policing in LA. Burr, motherfucker burr. All right, I'll check all, that. All out. the way from the Watts riots all the way to today. Yeah, I, I watched one on Netflix. I think it was called LA ninety two. Oh, just about the uh, the, uh, about the, the Rodney King, King the yeah. Rodney King shit, yeah. Yeah, uh check this out if you get a chance. Uh, it, it was it got if, if the first, you, you're going to tell me it didn't do anything for you because you you could you would believe that. But when I heard it, I like I rewound it three times. I was like, Hold, like I can't. I honestly, uh, it'll be a topic that I want to discuss next time because uh, after we after you see it, we can talk about it a little bit because I think it'll be interesting to talk about it. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, next week, right? Uh, five and six of the. Uh, Last dance, baby. And uh, And then we're going to go over uh, Breaking Bad versus The Sopranos because I finally finished Breaking Bad. 
Um, oh, that's right. I was going to tell you. Have you seen El Camino yet? You know what? I, w- I started to watch that, but I was sleepy. But I'm going to watch that too because it's just a movie. Yeah, it's a movie, and uh, it's it's the uh, it's the it's it's the it, it gives closure to some of the things that you didn't get answered in the in Breaking Bad. Right. So check that yeah. out. I rewatched Breaking Bad. I'm a, I have ten episodes to go, but I rewatched the whole thing over again. So when we're talking about it, I'm going to be fresh. Really? Yeah. And you said uh, you've seen uh, what is it? Saul? What is it? A uh, Better Call Saul. What about Saul? Better, better Call Saul. How yeah, is that? Dude, it's really good because it gives you uh, uh, the run up to how this all came to be. And uh, I know that you you know Bob Odenkirk, and he does such a good job. He does such a good job because you he you know the character that we see is when you watch Breaking Bad is a developed character, but he has to rewind right. that character to do this to do this show so that you can see his development. And right. uh, you know, I, I think that's tougher. In a way, you know, now you gotta when you have to back up and then try to fill the, you know, draw that draw that consistent line from uh, the start of this new series to where it connects with the other series that's supposed to take place six years later. So his character right. has, has a six year arc uh, where you uh, kind of get into him. And I also want to throw Power when we talk about that in there because uh, I told you I couldn't watch Power. Oh. Hi, man. So we'll get into it next uh, week. No doubt. Hope y'all enjoyed. Much love. Stay safe. And as always, email me, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Y'all, I'm out, man. Y'all, I'm Andy at uh, funnyhappens at gmail.com. Send me those emails. I can't wait to get these. These are going to be good ones. Set this motherfucker straight, damn it. Can you feel it, baby?